We had a uh, tool fight at the Home Depot this week. Three holding eight, service hot shot, Home Depot, South I-35. Employees and customers fighting with tools. South I-35. Employees and customers fighting with tools. Employees and customers fighting with tools. Fighting with tools. Followed by this riddle on the police scanner. Any is a rig, sir. Is it a rig, sir? That's customers versus employees in a tool fight at the Home Depot. <laughs> we also had a guy run in with a gun to the uh, Best Buy and reportedly just steal a Kindle. Unfortunately, no police scanner audio of that one. thought that was the strangest blend of symbols. You know, like a, <laughs> like a burglar <laughs> trying to get away with the book book reader, you know. I was trying to imagine sort of the scenario about that, just because it's rare that reading a book would be that desperate, nor would selling a Kindle bring a lot of money to you. So if you're going to go into a uh, Best Buy or an electronics store with a gun to steal something, it seems an, like an unusual choice unless it was a, just a desperate grab through the Best Buy, but you have a gun, so you know you could probably be a little slow about it. Or at least pick your thing before you pull your gun out. <laughs> you know, so you can't just run to the Best Buy with a gun. You could have just walked into the Best Buy, looked around. What can I hold under my pocket and just blast out of here? And he picked, of all the things there, he picked the Kindle. It makes me think that maybe somebody in his life really wants a Kindle. And he's like, okay, I'll just go get, I'll go get you a Kindle. <laughs> That's kind of how I think that happened. It seems like an odd thing to risk it all on, you know, getting that Kindle. You know, unless this is just a risk you take every day, go into a store and commit a felony. <laughs> They're a great way to read a book if you don't, you know, want to walk around and deal with the weight of a book. That's the main thing about a Kindle. And it's immediately accessible. It's very nice. I, I understand the allure of a Kindle. The allure of a Kindle. Kindle, 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 Kindle. I like books personally myself, just the actual ones, but whenever I uh, look or use a Kindle, I understand the allure of a Kindle. I get it. The allure of a Kindle. I get it. But just to go and steal one at such a length that you pull a gun out, I mean, there's a lot of things that you break the law in <laughs> doing that, that sort of amplify the Thing. And so I'm just thinking, damn, you know, you wonder if he's, and I'm sorry if I'm assuming, I'm pretty certain it's a guy that did it. If it's a female book thief, I apologize. I understand the allure of a Kindle. So I was pleased about hearing that a Kindle was stolen at such a length. And it also, I don't know, it just felt like such a silly thing for me. But the thing that I was genuinely tickled by this week in the news was the tool fight 
at the local Home Depot between the customers and the employees. Home Depot, South I-35, employees and customers fighting with tools. Kind of felt like a cops and robbers type scenario for me. Employees and customers fighting with tools. And I was trying to figure out the thing that triggered this tool fight between the customers and the employees. You know, and who started it? <laughs> so this is the thing where I just know a, uh, a headline and I've only heard a uh, snippet from a police radio. I just know it existed, you know. And the uh, police radio, certainly with the report, that at least suggests that there was a report of one. That'd be a funny, uh, terribly weird thing to prank the cops on, you know. Just to call them and say, uh, yeah, I heard a bunch of people are fighting with tools in the Home Depot. And do you know what aisle? All of them. <laughs> Hang up the phone. And then the cop would have to come in and say, that's what I've heard. Just wanted to report anonymously a tool fight in the Home Depot down on the street. Uh, yes, sir. Can you tell us anything else? Yeah, it's a tool fight between the employees and the customers. And uh, then just hang up the phone. I have to figure it out. So maybe it wasn't anything. Maybe the cops got there and, and all the customers and the employees were just like, hey, nothing happened. <laughs> or funnier, let's say maybe they were just like, hey, quit it, quit it. Here comes the cops. And everybody just stops having a tool fight. <laughs> they hush everybody like be quiet be quiet okay cops come in hey we heard a report of a customer and employee tool fight in here and all the employees are like no there wasn't anything like that and prior to the cops coming in everybody had just thrown all their tools in the uh the buggies the push carts or whatever or other ones just pretended to still be looking at the tool like i might be buying this tool that could very easily happen at any Home Depot right now. So the cops would come in and they'd say, okay, well, this must be a false report. And the cops would walk out and they would just resume the, the tool fight. <laughs> they'd stop sort of looking at the tool like they want to buy it or they'd pull it out of their carts and they'd just go at it with the, uh, the customers and the employees. Clanging about. Any of the rigs are... This episode of Spoken Word with Electronics is brought to you by Foresky Mastering, based in Berlin and available to experimental musicians worldwide. Foresky Mastering is a human-based music improvement service specializing in finalizing your mixes. The weirder or more wonderful your work, the better. Visit foreskimastering.com. That's V-A-R-E-S-C-H-I mastering.com for more information. Any answer, sir. If that really does happen, if that really is sort of like a weird society that just sort of has these synchronized battles for fun. Let's say this was for fun, because obviously the first reaction to something like that is... Okay, these two news stories is uh, 
a Best Buy had somebody just come in with a gun, and and and, and I know how, how safe and casual Best Buys feel when you're in there. That has to be really fucking unsettling. For as weird as electronic stores are, like Target or Best Buy or anything like that, those kinds of stores are for just sort of. It's like a cultural blend of being in the dentist office and walking down a a hallway in high school. Those are like what those places feel like to me if I were to blend two things, especially targets. And Best Buy is the same way, but I like both of them. You know, every once in a while, you know, I don't go locally into the shops very often, but Austin has uh, plenty of its chain stores and they're stupid, but they're all super cool too. Just existing as casual things. Chain stores, chain stores. Chain stores, chain stores, chain stores, chain stores. And I mean, we have some wonderful like thrift stores and independent owned things, and a lot of districts of uh, makers and things like that. And then we have the funny uh, chain stores chain stores and I don't think about them a lot but sometimes you read on the police scanner radio that there's a tool fight at the local Home Depot that makes you start <laughs> wondering about it chain stores I used to go into the the Home Depot where there was a tool fight I've been inside it and I have joked before inside that same Home Depot that there's like murder sections. <laughs> you know, you just would walk right in and they'd be like, welcome to Home Depot, how can we help you? Yeah, I'm looking just to commit a, uh, a murder. And they'd be like, okay, do you need weapons? And you would say yes, and then they go, go down to that section. <laughs> and there would just be like all these implemented plot tools for killing people. You know, you could walk down to Home Depot and it'd be like, oh, there's some rope. Uh, kerosene, there's some uh, something to burn up, uh, you know, some, I need some explosive spray weaponry and some fire. I need a really good lighter to do that. I also need some pellets and some weird sorts of pesticides that can probably be turned into a bomb if I need them. That's pretty good. And then I also need axes and machetes and heavy heavy knives and maybe a screwdriver that is i don't know like two and a half feet long need something like that need two of those and you just keep on going and there's all these ways to kill people <laughs> inside home depot and we're all very casual and polite about it you know two two people right looking at an axe together and you're just you know thinking about axe like things a lot of people would probably interject quite a while ago about, well, those are tools. They're not murder devices. <laughs> but some of them just hurt. Walk down any, you know, near the end around the tool side of a Home Depot or a Lowe's or any big box hardware store, which is different than the local hardware store, which I have nice memories of. But multiple quantities of things exist in the big ones. You know, the local hardware store might sell you two axes or something like that. But you go in to the big Home Depot-sized places and they have a row of axes in different, like, seven or eight stacked backwards, all this stuff. So you could just pick up, you know, a total battle axe and stuff. 
There's a lot of murder to be found in the aisles of the Home Depot. And so this week is dedicated to the completely unknown story of customers and employees fighting with tools in the Home Depot where I, you know, can, can go. I have two Home Depots. We're so packed with Home Depots in Austin. It's just one of two Home Depots <laughs> that I can equally, equal distance, equal distance. I can either from now on pick, I wanna to go to the Home Depot that had the uh, employee customer tool fight, or I can go to the one that didn't have one. <laughs> There's something that's so pleasing of knowing because it's just something you would think when you're in there. I wonder where they fought. I mean, around where the drills are and all the sort of also the mechanized hardware, you know, there's so many weird drills that you can go, you know, complete uh, evil dead there, <laughs> you know, you can fight zombies with the weapons that you can find in Home Depot, very often plugged in in some demo like state. And I wonder if there was a large, full store capacity tool fight between the employees and the customers this week. And all of it was used. And I like thinking also that they were just letting off some steam. So nobody was really getting, gonna chop off somebody's arm or, you know, sp uh, slice through their abdomen with the large screwdriver. <laughs> or, <laughs> I mean, next time you're Next time you're in Home Depot, look at some of the weirdest looking, you know, objects that can just impale people. You can impale somebody in every aisle of the Home Depot. And so that's uh, fun to consider, you know, that they do it for fun, though. And so it's sort of like, OK, hey, the cops are coming because somebody invariably comes in and gets a little uncool about it and, and issues a report. <laughs> And in those instances, you hear uh, what we heard, which was reports of a uh, tool fight between customers and employees at the Home Depot. But then they go there and everybody just stops because they're all in on it, mostly. And they don't want the kind of like the fun, really heavy duty battle that they're having, you know, like cosplay level, like Civil War, reenactment society or renaissance <laughs> joust level <laughs> funny weird fighting or just serious fighting because i'm sure other people are really into it but then the cops are coming oh we just got to pretend we're like we're about to buy all these things and that's all you'd have to do you'd have to just stop attacking somebody with the weapon in your hand and sort of instead just start looking at it like you might be buying it or nonchalantly just hold it in your hands and the cops would automatically just use customers that you wouldn't have to do anything <laughs> you wouldn't even need to be interviewed by the police officer are you a customer no they they can tell you know they're not going to force the issue if they go in there it's like they're going in thinking that there's a tool fight between the customers and the employees but then they go in nobody's doing it it's probably easier for them just to be like, okay, it was just a report. They're not going to insist that you prove that you're not doing it. <laughs> hey, you with a hammer right there. You know, are you sure you weren't thinking about doing really violent things? Because that 
hammer's bizarrely uh, perfect for fighting. A lot of the hammers are strange. A lot of the collapsible blades are odd. Again, there's that whole rope thing, tons of it. And you can uh, pretty much get any kind of petroleum or whatever you want for arson. <laughs> the Home Depot is just, I mean, everything. And it would be hilarious. Can you, I mean, can you imagine you could also do like small explosions, small explosives or whatever, you know? I mean, just the tool fight at the Home Depot between the employees and the customers would probably, I'm wondering at what point in American culture we get to that point where we're starting to do like the weirdest sort of rival. Yeah, that just would be rivalry, I guess is the word I was thinking, but it's also, it makes sense that in five or 10 years, there will be some part of our behavior that includes that. <laughs> I just, uh, man, have you been hearing about these new public fights? No, what, what are they about? Oh, I was, you know, reading about it on insert whatever communication channel is popular at the time. And yeah, yeah. And I'm hearing a lot of people are going to just, you know, those stores, those, uh, those stores that you don't use the internet to buy from. <laughs> And we're still going to have shops. But, you know, that they've been going into those stores. Yeah, yeah. I heard something about something with stores. person might say. It's like, yeah, I think it's like you get to fight with whatever's in that store. Yeah? Yeah. They just want to get you in the store. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they let you pretty much just fight with whatever you want in the store. And the, uh, you don't even have, you know, they just want you in there. And so all you have, it's easy. Every, uh, they always know if the cops are about to come. And when the cops are there, you just stop fighting and just look at whatever's in your hand and start acting like you might be buying it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it makes sense, right? And the cops go out and, wow. Well, so do you want to do it with me? Do you want to go, go to the next one I find out about? Sure, yeah, that sounds interesting. That's how it gets started. And uh, five or ten years, I see that happening. I just want to get you in the store. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be an agreement between the store itself and, you know, to allow for fights to happen on premises. So it'd be one of those, you know, inherent risk with, uh, inherent risk that goes into business, you know. So I can make a success of my business right now by allowing people just to come in and, and fight with whatever's in the store and not get caught. I'll take that, you know, chance. Invariably, of course, somebody eventually would die. So, you know, somebody, it would go, there's, the way humans play, especially with weapons, it's just impossible to think about that. I mean, I remember playing uh, tag football, you know, or, you know, whatever, where you pull the flag, flag football. And it's fun as hell. And you, But you get into a habit with people that you play flag football with. And every single time you play, you get a little rougher, you know. So I think, I think that is funny. So a lot of people, you know, will play fa flag football. 
well into their late life. I haven't played flag football in years, but I know people who do it because getting slammed on the ground doesn't need to be <laughs> the part of playing football because that really hurts to have that done. So a lot of people will play flag football or some variation of it. And, you know, you start and uh, you start and it's quite fun to be chasing around friends and trying to <laughs> grab their flag. It's hilarious. It's a very funny thing to do. And, uh, and it's also not as super serious as real football or whatever. But I have noticed that when you play flag football more and more with people, they invariably get more violent with you. These are friends. And so if that's happening with friends, I'm sure the tool fights at the Home Depot would eventually go from just being playful and funny to a little competitive and serious to a little rough to suddenly people being very dead all over. You know, there'll be just one death and then there'll be like 14. <laughs> they'll have like one death and it won't be news. They'll be pretty good about like, okay, shit. Because I mean, nobody even knows about the tool fights. That's the way they're designed. They're designed in this new marketing idea of discovering them. So we stop advertising about it. We make you feel like you discover it, and then you're sort of trapped in whatever scenario we've set up. And we've set up these new tool fights where, you know, and it doesn't feel official. There's no advertising. There's no public record of it. You know, I absolutely do know that the next few decades are going to be secret as fuck because I can't tell you how exposed people have become over the last 20 or 30 years. So there's going to have to be a reaction to that where people just opt, especially when they're raised around it. Or I don't know, it's weird to think about. But anyway, viral marketing will certainly lead to never, never publicly saying you can come into our store and, and fight with everybody with whatever's on the shelves. But I do see that happening. And so somebody dies, but nobody knows about it. So nobody, nobody finds out. <laughs> the way they were killed was just too aggressive. It was considered an accident and whatever. Okay, it's fine. But then 14 people are dead the next week at a variety of different home, you know, like tool stores, Home Depots, or just saying in the future. Possibly. Then they got 14 people and people are dying now. So this new civilization of people who go into the Home Depot, or I don't know, I mean, going to the Target. I, I, I tried to open it up at one point while I was talking to say like other stores, but let's just say this is the Home Depot and there's tool fights in the future. And we've gotten probably like five or so good months of giddy, goofy fun. Can you imagine running down people in those riding lawnmowers? Until one person finally died in the Home Depot. And then 14 the next week. Well, then they got it. I mean, they got it. They got to tamp down on this. But the people who are coming to the Home Depot are finding themselves just very radicalized by the experience. And they're like, no, 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 no. We are still fighting in your Home Depot. Home Depot says, look, we're getting some deaths, okay? We're not even going to try to lie to you. That is the only reason we're talking to you right now. We love everybody playing, having a tool fight. Uh, we love everyone tool fighting in our Home Depots. 
but somebody died and then 14 people died. So we have a death problem that we need to deal with. And I need you to stop having tool fights just for the time being. And two things can happen then. Everybody could agree to stop with the tool fights. I guess three things could happen. They could just continue to have the tool fights and deal with the consequences from Home Depot because can they come out about saying this? Because they've been complicit the whole time. They can't be really be public about it, but they got to keep people from being killed just because, you know, they're paying customers <laughs> and, then, and they need them. They can't kill off their entire, and it's wrong, I'm sure. Illegal office, uh, Home Depot, I almost says the Office Depot. That would be a more interesting fight because you don't have the big murder aisle that you have in the Home Depot, but in the Office Depot, you have the pens and you've got all that paper that you can like throw behind you to make people slip. It's more like Mario Kart, like you can run around and chase people and kind of trip them up by throwing, uh, you know, like rubber erasers at their feet, get in between their shoes, or you can even throw like rulers at people's knees. You can just chase people in the, in the office depot. That would be the game in there. So what I'm realizing here is that these are separate depots would have different kinds of games. So the home depot is where you have your tool fight. I can't really think of anything else to do in the Home Depot. Maybe something with the plants or the paint section, but those are all weapons. Every single thing in a Home Depot is a weapon. But the Office Depot would be a race. Like a weird sort of Evergrade, you know. You're just running around. Chase. It'd be a chase. You know, you trip people up, they trip you people. It's like a dodgeball, but you're chasing back and forth with uh, throwing all the Office Depot stuff at you. You know, there's just a few big weapons there. You know, when you go to the Home Depot, there is, I am saying again, an entire aisle of knives and metal axes and weaponry and multiples. But in the Office Depot, you just got the occasional printer. But not like a, and if you need to get any other one, they're just like heavily packed too. So you just, do, you do have a lot of blocks that you can pick up and throw at people, but that's about it. It's just heavy things. You know, uh, you do have like a stapler maybe and a couple other things, but you don't have a lot of the bludgeon tools. So it's more like Mario Kart. You know, you're perhaps even in a race constantly going around there and you just throw whatever you find. That could even be just grabbing a bunch of pencils and just like, you know, tossing them at people's heads. You know, pull them off the track and get in front of them in whatever race is going on in there. Oddly, when I think about Target, I have options to have fights in there, but it's just meant to be so damn cozy. So I see Target as just a place where we run around and grab all the clothes in the middle, and we put on as many of those clothes and wrap ourselves around so many of the clothes in Target that we can find, including fresh socks, like that feeling of when you buy a fresh pack of socks going to get an experience putting that sock on your foot that will rival any post-laundered experience with that sock, just confirming that that sock fits. Because that's what you're feeling right there. You're not feeling the sock being comfortable. You're feeling the, will this fit? And then the satisfaction of this sock fits. 
You get that only the first time you try on a new sock. And so you would have that moment in uh, that target where you could put on a couple socks and get that satisfaction and surround yourself in whatever kinds of multiple t-shirts and underwear that you can get. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people go to Target for in terms of clothing. And maybe I'm wrong because they have the other clothing. But for the most part, at least for me, it's those are the ones that I'm, you know, the t-shirts, the briefs, and the socks. And I would cover myself in as many of those as I could. I suppose you could also cover yourself in as much bedding as you can because there's a lot of really good bedding at Target. I mean, there's a lot of Target that I've had in my life. So I could be walking around. I used to love that, especially on a cold morning, walking around in, uh, in just sheets, you know, just sort of and walking around the room. That's what I would do. That's what people would do at Target. They would probably be walking around in their underwear, fresh underwear. They'd use the, uh, they'd use the changing rooms for fresh underwear, fresh socks, t-shirt. And it wouldn't be public nudity at all because everyone would also have a large down comforter and a cotton sheet that they could wrap themselves around. And they could just walk around slow, kind of like sloths or whatever and just enjoy everything a Target has. So that'd be kind of like the Nintendo, you know, kind of like the Animal Crossing game. That'd be like the Animal Crossing game. Just you could walk around in total comfort, even grab a little food from, you know, the food section and uh, some chips and just walk around and say hello to other Target customers. Each of you would be wearing, you know, probably slippers too, but just socks that fit, new socks that fit maybe some slippers, whatever. Maybe one of those flannel shirts actually would look on, would, would look good on you. So try one of those on and yeah, you don't mind everything. They, you know, I mean, the jeans look okay, but nah, you know. But you know, Target always makes a couple more decisions to sort of figure out a demographic to the point that eventually they would actually carry my pants. I have a specific pants that I like. And I won't tell you anything about them because I don't want Target to sell them. <laughs> uh, you know? But yeah, so I could just imagine Target being a place where you are covered in those fabrics and just feel cozy and just walk around and look at the TVs, browse through the DVD section and the Blu-rays, the different categories. Go uh, look at the Nintendo stuff and look at some small associated toys right there and then look to your right and see an entire wall of monitors TVs, televisions just keep on walking nibbling on maybe a cookie with your, uh, you know, just pull the, uh, the blanket closer around you, <laughs> just sort of do that shuffle <laughs> that you do when you're wrapped around a blanket and a and a uh, down comforter or whatever. And uh, shuffle along, look at some uh, digital cameras and the toner and uh, maybe some CD-ROMs. Keep on going, move around. You know, I'm not gonna go an entire tour. Maybe I could, I'll do a quick one. My memory of Target. I used to go through a Target 
often enough to be able to remember where everything was in a target. When you turn to the right, there were the Blu-ray and the DVDs. And if you follow along the way, the DVDs are also next to the catalog or the publications and books. Publications and books. They'd have the popular books there, like only three or four titles, maybe seven or eight titles, but they were all, you know, just empty books normally. And then uh, limited, in limited culture, but it was all exceptionally comfortable. Going inside the Target. Anyway, so that's what I could imagine Target to do. Those are about the only games I can think of right now. Home Depot, Tool Fight, Office Depot, Mario Kart, and Target, Animal Crossing. I mean, I guess I already did the GTA one a few weeks ago with the fire truck, which, man, I'll start laughing again if I think about it. That was a joy. I am happy to have that recording. It's weird to have lost it that severely because I really do attempt some measure of composure in, in these recordings, you know. But I just lost it and it felt so good. And what I, what I realized happened in that moment was just me losing, you know, letting out a lot of stress, you know, because I think I'm always sort of handling this. I think I'm always managing it. I'm pretty good with restrictions, I think. That's why the pandemic hasn't totally, uh, hasn't really, you know, messed with me as much as I think it could. I remember I used to always chew my nails about age 11 and I was realizing that it was getting to just be a problem it to be a problem and I don't even know if they looked bad you know they were getting infected or something or what but I it felt bad to continue doing them I was really one of those compulsive uh tone you know toe <laughs> toenail uh chewers no uh, fingernail chewers about age 11 and I just gave it up I was like okay I'm done I loved giving things up and kind of feeling the, for lack of a better word, the physical tension of giving something up is almost a physical feeling, you know? And so I just kind of loved saying, I'm done with, I'm done with chewing on my fingernails. And yeah, so I don't know, there was part of me that was like, okay, we're at home now. I'm at home, limit myself with that thing. So this has been kind of interesting. But I think uh, people are doing all their different versions of coping, too. But I'll be uh, appearing at the, uh, the next week's uh, tool fight. <laughs> Got some shows coming up. Uh, I'm going to be the uh, honorary MC at the uh, Anatopa Springs Home Depot tool fight in a few weeks. Is that a real city? One hopes not. <laughs> Can you imagine doing just something satirical or goofy where you make up a city but that exists and then they hear you and they're like, oh gosh, okay, and they put up the posters. And then you get, the, get to be known as the person who never showed up, who uh, never showed up to his own tool fight in whatever made up city name or whatever real city name you thought was made up that you said you'd be appearing at. 
Always check your fake names with the cities is, I guess, the takeaway for tonight. Or just, you know, don't false promote yourself regarding a tool fight. If you have a tool fight to go to, tell people about it. <laughs> but don't lie about it. We've got a uh, fun show this week. Got something off the record player. Then we're going to do something to it. And then side B, we uh, will... Side B, you have part 32, Recovery of Charlie Pickle. The Sunday newspaper cartoons. You're listening to Spoken Word with Electronics. This is episode 50. And I hope you're having a really good week. <laughs>